Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Thank you for joining me again today. I talked about the Beatitudes in the fifth chapter of Matthew. Today I'm going to move past the fifth chapter, and I'm going to move actually to the end of the fifth chapter. And it's going to it's going to be talking about loving your enemies, and that's the last five verses of chapter five. Jesus was very profound about the idea of loving your enemies, and I think it's something we all need to look at. Our Heavenly Father, bless us this day. Help us to see you clearly. Give us the strength to forgive those who have wronged us. Give us the strength and the power from above to be men and women of God who stand up for you at all cost, that are not swayed by attitudes, not swayed by how people treat us, but we love you diligently. Lord Jesus, thank you for every listener. And Lord, if there's one right now that is struggling with somebody, with some issue, in the name of Jesus, clear their hearts and their mind. May they come to you today. May they sense your presence today. Lord, may it be something beyond being an intellectual. May it be something spiritual. May the Holy Spirit get a hold of their life. And may they see you in different eyes. Oh, God, you love us. You have a great plan for us. Help us to fulfill that plan. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, what he's trying to get across here is be perfect in the sense that you make right choices, that you make right decisions. He says, love your neighbors and and hate your enemy. That's what the world says. But he says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who, who persecute you. Now, I imagine every one of you have been persecuted somewhere in your life. Somebody has put down your faith, put down your religion, whatever it might be, and it is you have felt like you're persecuted. But Jesus says, you love those people. You care for those people. Now, he didn't say you need to spend all your time with those people, that they need to be your best friends. But he says, love them. He's getting across the message that the Word of God is very intent of getting across, and that is forgiveness and bitterness. That's the one topic I talk about a lot on the radio, and that is because unforgiveness and bitterness is a destroyer of a Christian relationship. So many relationships are shredded because of bitterness. And even in the church, even amongst Christian people, people can't get over what somebody else has done to them. And they carry this bitterness like a sack of rocks on their back. I always use that illustration. One time I did that in church, and 
you'd have to had somebody with a backpack that had so many rocks you can't hardly carry them uh, because they're so heavy. And that's exactly what it's like in your life if you're carrying bitterness and unforgiveness. Maybe it's with a family member. Maybe you were left out of the inheritance, heaven forbid. And you say, well, that is a big thing. Well, I'm certainly certain it probably is. But you can't continue to dwell on it forever. Maybe you went through a very nasty divorce. A lot of people, well, almost 50% of our nation has gone through divorce. And maybe it was just a nasty divorce and you just are so bitter because your spouse, you feel like, destroyed your life. Well, folks, I'm telling you, get over it and give that to God. Now, that doesn't mean that you all of a sudden become best friends with your ex-spouse. But it means you forgive them. You stop talking about them. You stop putting them down to your kids. You start putting them down to other people. You stop telling them about what a miserable experience you had. And you start praying that God gives you a love, a glorious love for them that, that gets past those attitudes. I mean, I, this is easy to talk about because I see it all the time. I see it all the time. I just randomly happened to turn on Dr. Phil the other day. And that's exactly what he was talking to. There's this family that the mother and father, the, the, the father remarried and, and she said treated the kids horrible and the mother wouldn't let the, and the mother would not let the kids see the father. And it was just a mess. And bless Dr. Phil's heart, you know, he did everything he could to try to help restore that and say, you got to look past this bitterness. You got to look past those things that will destroy you. It's destroying your life. But more than that, he was telling them, it's destroying your children. Your children are tossed to and fro. People of God, be considerate of your children. Your children are everything. I don't know about you, but my daughter means the world to me. I mean, literally the world. I would do anything for my daughter and for my son-in-law. I love them with a deep passion. I care for them. I loved my little boy when he was alive, and it was devastating when I lost him at five and a half when my wife and I lost him. It was devastating. And, you know, it'd be devastating to lose my daughter. But I just love her so much, and I, I want to walk with her. And, you know, of all people on this world that I know, my daughter is the most unforgiving, loving person that I have been around in a long, long time. She has, I'm going to say she has Grandpa Doherty's love. My dad had such a love for people. That was my daughter. And she will not put up with anybody saying anything bad about people. She'll immediately say, don't talk about them. Say something nice. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. I mean, her mindset is is phenomenal for a 24-year-old cow. It's crazy. And, you know, she's taught me. And she said, Dad, you know, get, get this down. You know, you preach this. Live it now. <laughs> Sometimes I need corrected because I think all of us we get frustrated at people's attitudes, frustrated at situational things, and and I have people that come into my office, you know, semi frequently that have all sorts of issues, you know, and I have to deal with a staff of seven of us, and and there's sometimes there's issues there too, and you know we all don't always agree on everything, but we don't hold bitterness. You got to move past that. We can't be leaders if we're going to live in bitterness and unforgiveness. I can tell you this, if, if I couldn't do that, then I would not be in ministry because God couldn't use me because I would be putting up a blockade between me and God all the time, or God and I, I should say, I guess, to be proper. As if you listen to me much, you know I'm not very proper. I just, as my wife says, oh, sometimes, you know, you just, 
you just kind of talk, and sometimes it doesn't even make sense. But she says that lovingly but and teasingly. But it's just in our lives, sometimes we, we get talking, and we... And, and I certainly am really bad sometimes with words, and my grammar is not the best. And and everybody says that I have a southern twang, and I I'm, they're always saying I get asked this all the time outside of radio. Are you from Oklahoma or Texas? And I said, what? No, I said, I'm from southern Idaho. <laughs> I've been in southern Idaho most of my life other than a nine-year stint in uh, in Vancouver, Washington. But you know what? It's just I think you're around people. You, my dad was the same way. He kind of He kind of— picked up some kind of accent. I don't know what happens to me, but something crazy. But anyway, he says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Oh, it's easy to love somebody who loves you. I I got a lot of people that love me that are my friends and treat me so kind. I mean, I have a wonderful church body that's just phenomenal. And I'm not kidding. They treat me so well. It's just a rare day that I'll get a really lousy letter and there's been a few over the years there's been a couple letters of people saying some really nasty things when i say nasty i mean just mean things about people or about staff or about myself or whatever not very often you know because we are not perfect either and i i have not always been there for everyone you know the sad thing is if you're, you're the pastor they expect you there at every event every major thing if somebody's in a hospital but I got to tell you, there's been so many times that people have been in the hospital that I had no idea that they were in the hospital because nobody told me. And I was scrutinized because I wasn't up there. I said, how can I be up there when I didn't know, you know, and then I had to try not to be bitter because they were angry at me because I didn't visit them. And there you run into that kind of thing from time to time. But I think we all have those things. I think we deal with that uh, probably on a daily basis. But I'm telling you what Jesus was telling the disciples, and he was saying, you love your enemies. Love those that cause you issues in life. Even though you don't get along with them, love them. Now, there's people that I haven't got along with over the course of time, I'm, for one reason or another. It's not that I haven't got along with them. It just, they just, they, it's, just hasn't worked out in a relationship, and they've and maybe crossed the line. Well, it's not that I don't love them. I care for them, and I hope that God restores them, and I certainly forgive them. I had one guy, he's asked me about over the last 15 years if I ever would forgive him for some things, and I said, absolutely, absolutely. If I can't forgive you, how can my Heavenly Father forgive me? And that's what the Word of God tells us. You know, and and then he says in the 47th verse, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? You know, don't just greet your own people. This is like a church. You know, you get in church, and sometimes they become very clicky. So all the, everybody goes straight to their friends, and they talk to their friends. Somebody new comes in. Man, they don't even notice them. They don't attempt to make a relationship with them. And he says, man, even pagans are kind to other people. And I tried to tell my church, you know, be kind to people when they walk through the door. Greet them. And I want to say more times than most I've had guests tell me they really felt like our church is friendly. And I hope that's true. But there are going to be some coming in just looking for people to see if they talk to them. And there are some you can't, you just can't control because that's just kind of their, their modern when they're going in. Well, I'm going to see if this church likes me or this church will chase after me. Well, I try to get our people to be in touch. And I try to meet everybody that's new if I can. I want to know people walk through the church. I don't want to be a pastor that sits up front and doesn't greet the people. I want to know people and get to know them. 
Well, God wants to use you and I. And you know what? I am already out of time. So tomorrow I'll talk about the fifth or sixth chapter again. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.